This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Christian. With me always is the snarf to my lion-o, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Snarf, snarf. Snarf, snarf. Hey, man. It's uh, good to be back with you on a new episode of the Proton Pack. Uh, what is it? Tuesday, April 6th for reals. We tried doing this last night and uh, ooh, horrible, horrible issues. Fingers crossed we can make it and I'm not super glitchy. So we'll find out. Exactly. Yeah, we might get a little frozen, Tony, but luckily the audio seems to be holding up just well. So, uh, you know, we'll roll with it, see how it goes. But uh, we wanted to get another episode out for you guys because there is a lot to cover today. So, you know what? Let's go ahead and get into it. Start out the way we do each and every show with our shameless plugs. It's shameless plug time. It is in these hills that Juan Valdez and his trusty goat gather coffee beans every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, money. money is cool. Money is cool. It's great. And so, uh, yeah. So, kick it off, shameless plugs. One I talk about every single show is Rough Riders, my 501c3 dog rescue nonprofit dedicated to the transport of animals from the rural outlying shelters where they don't have a guarantee on life. We bring them here to the more uh, local metro uh, Reno area, work with local shelters and rescue groups to find them homes, give them a second chance at life. If you want more information, head over to roughwriters.org. That's R-U-F-F writers.org or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash roughwriters saves. Now, Tony, you normally do a different shameless plug, but today you're going to be telling us the show that we do each and every day here on Phoenix Media, the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, I will tell you. First, uh, there will be no more proton or uh, proton pack. Of course, there'll be many more proton packs, but Pop Culture Kaboom is what I usually plugged. We'll no longer be plugging that. Um, we do support Jimmy Jones as he'll as he's decided to uh, pull the show and just keep it a, every once in a while online. We look forward to mentioning all that when it pops up. So uh, for now, that won't be on, so you won't hear me talk about it, but you will hear me talking about our Phoenix, the Christian Phoenix radio show. We are on uh, Monday through Friday, your daily laughs of uh, levity, a <laughs> daily dose of laughs and levity. Jeez, there you go. I hear it enough, <laughs> hear it enough. But uh, yeah, we put a smile on your face. We don't take ourselves too seriously. You could check us out. Um, you can follow us on everything uh, under the sun. So uh, check us out there, Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Yep. Well worth checking out. We have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. We dive a little bit into the geeky nerdiness there, but uh, this is our outlet for everything geeky nerdy, including as we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, having a discussion on the latest of the Disney Plus shows. In this case, we're going to be talking about this show. We'll 
guest, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're three episodes in at this point. Uh, it is a six-episode run, about six hours total. And, uh, you know, it's right on par with everything that Marvel is putting out. Unlike WandaVision, at least for me, where WandaVision unfolded sort of the backstory very slowly, you know, they took the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier to really explain everything that had happened in Sam's life, in Bucky's life, where they're at right now. And then from episode two on, it has been nothing but go, go, go. It's been, you know, great action, great story. It's awesome to see the little Easter eggs and the things that uh, may or may not be coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe based on the little things. And then, of course, we get the return of Baron Zemo, uh, who is just a wonderful. I, I love what Marvel does with their bad guys. You know, their their bad guys have motivations more than just wanting to conquer the world. You know, Baron Zemo doesn't want any superpowered beings to exist. So they recruit his help, spoiler alert, uh, to help them out. But uh, in the meantime, just a wonderful storyline, so much fun to watch, very much in the vein of Civil War or the Winter Soldier. Uh, I've been enjoying the hell out of it. What's your take been so far, Tone? Yeah, man, I like it. I think it's, uh, I know a lot of people are not digging it so far. They, I don't know if, like I, you and I are the only two, to be honest, that I've talked to. Well, I don't talk to myself, but you're the only one other than myself that's been enjoying it. Jimmy wasn't a big fan of it so far. Um, Stacy's not a big fan of it. Uh, a lot of my geeky, nerdy friends that they're just not big on it. And I don't know if it's because of WandaVision was so damn good that it's tough to follow it up. Um, to me, I I like it because it is definitely right after it fits your Captain America. It's just like Civil War. It's just like uh, Winter Soldier. Um, the Zemo take I like because he was like his weird dancing and stuff. And uh, <laughs> I like the, espion the espionage. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be different than Wanda. And uh, I think, you know, we're halfway done already, sadly, because it's only six episodes. We've done three. Um, I like it so far. I look forward to seeing where it's going to go. And I think it'll all tie together. Um, it's taken me some getting used to the John Walker as the Captain America, but we all know what's coming. I mean, if you're a fan of the comic books, you know what's going to happen. And uh, with all that being said, you know, I'm enjoying the ride so far. I look forward to it every week. But it is a bummer that a lot of our friends are just not really, they're not really feeling it. Well, and it is very different. You know, WandaVision was very fantastical and magical. This is definitely more grounded, more espionage. But I mean, it's hard to argue that the action scenes are some of the best that uh, Marvel's ever put out, especially for a TV show. Right. I think it's awesome. I mean, it's Marvel. What do you want? You know? <laughs> Well, and not only that, yeah. but there are so many little Easter eggs that if you are as geeky and nerdy as we are, you know, you see them go to the country of Madripoor and all of a sudden, you know, the hairs on your arms start standing up on end because you know what's that involve? Or Wolverine, uh, X-Men, it's, it's always a little, little dance there, man. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for our discussion of Falcon that Winter fast. Soldier. That was quick. That was by so quick. Well, we are heading into our break. When we come back, we're going to talk TV news. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Behold my precious. 
Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as 11 99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Christian, here with my co-host, Tony. And uh, we just finished up our discussion on Falcon and Winter Soldier, episodes one through three. Uh, it is amazing to see how uh, different people are taking it, but uh, I'd say the quality is there nonetheless. Absolutely. But as we do in this segment, we're going to run down to, uh, today's TV news and run down uh, you know, the geeky, nerdy stuff coming to you on the small screen. Bazinga. The cream of the crop. Hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. Hail to the king, baby. All right. Uh, first story in TV news. Well, the CW's Batwoman is getting ready to welcome Nikita actor Peter Outerbridge to Gotham as the villain Black Mask. Outer Bridges Roman Sionis, a.k.a. Black Mask, will be a significant presence in Gotham for the remainder of the season per deadline. Uh, Sionis is a pragmatic and charismatic CEO who plays the White Knight against Gotham's corrupt systems. As Black Mask, an evil mastermind with a deep hatred of the Crows and masked vigilantes, he is willing to tear down Gotham to enact his revenge. Also set to join the show is Wallace Day as an altered version of Kate Kane. At the end of the latest episode of Batwoman, Kate Kane was discovered to still be alive, but unrecognizable due to severe injuries sustained in the plane crash. Now, uh, we already saw a version of Roman Sionis in um, Birds of Prey with uh, Harley Quinn. Obviously, it was Ewan McGregor who played it. Had a great turn on that. It'll be interesting to see uh, what Peter Outerbridge's take on the character will be. But to be honest, I haven't been following Batwoman, let alone much of the Arrowverse. So uh, it may be a while till I get around to it. Yeah, I haven't really followed it either other than when we cover the stories on the show. When we talk about it, that's about how I've kept up with all of it. Um, uh, I was thinking Ewan McGregor did a great job in Birds of Prey yeah. with that character. So um, hopefully they make it. Uh, I'm sure they'll make it his own and it'll be interesting to see. Um, and I like the play. Like it was a good way to uh, put, was it Ruby Rose was the uh, original Batwoman, And then she didn't like the grueling hours. So she had to be written off the show and they had to have a new Batwoman take the, the mantle, so to speak. So this is a good explanation of what happened to that character is, Hey, she was in a plane wreck. She does not recognize, which is a perfect way for a storyline to explain a different character. It's not like they just went Aunt Viv, right? They didn't just right. say, <laughs> but it is, it is what it is. Yeah. 
a soap opera way to explain, you know, a new actor playing a character, you know, oh, they went underwent surgery. They look completely different now, but it's the same yeah. character. I promise. Yeah. It Sometimes goes. it's just better off to just say, Hey, that character died in a plane crash. I mean, if you just went off and just said the character died, then that explains it. You're like, yep. Exactly. I could, I could buy that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Arrowverse does a great job with telling the stories. Unfortunately, there's just so many of, out, of them out there that, uh, you know, I, I don't have time to keep up, but, uh, eventually I would like to. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Eventually I'll get around to, you know, seeing what this version of black mask looks like. Yeah. I'll probably just have to read the articles and see snippets. That's probably it for me. Exactly. Well, moving on, we were talking a little bit about Harley Quinn, and uh, one of my favorite series on HBO Max is the Harley Quinn animated series because it is very adult-centric. You know, there's sex, gore, blood, cursing, all of it. And so, uh, you know, Marvel's answer to that is Marvel's MODOK, the upcoming Hulu adult animation about the titular giant floating killer head. Well, they announced recently that they cast John Hamm, as Tony Stark, also known as Iron Man. In a panel hosted by WonderCon Home or At Home, co-creators Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswalt revealed that John Hamm will be taking on the role of Marvel's most popular wealthy crime fighter. He'll be joined by Whoopi Goldberg, who will play Marion Pouncey, better known as Pound Cakes, a member of the Grapplers, a superhuman group of women wrestlers. Bill Hader will lend his voice to two characters, the leader and Angar the Screamer. Finally, the panel announced that Nathan Fillion will reprise his role as Wonder Man, a character he played in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, in <laughs> Volume 2, but in scenes that were cut from the final version of the film. These new cast members will join Patton Oswalt, who plays Modoc, and other main cast uh, Melissa Fumero, Amy Garcia, Ben Schwartz, Wendy McClendon, Covey, Beck Bennett, John Daly, and Sam Richardson. Tony, what do you think about the addition of John Hamm as Tony Stark to this animated series? Great casting choice. Um, I think he'll play the role well because obviously, when you think of Tony Stark, you only think of uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, yeah. you, you can't unsee that now. But for as far as voice goes, I think John Hamm's going to be a great fit for it. I love. The casting choices so far, especially for the witty humor and everything, putting Nathan Fillion back in the fold. Hell, even having Whoopi Goldberg in there as a voice. I mean, all that's just it's it's a list, man. It's it's good. In a few of the little trailers, it looks looks weird and goofy, but yeah, again, it's a Marvel. It's it, it should be fun. The animation style has that robot chicken vibe to it, and uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Another funny show, but uh, when Hulu puts it out, it, it's one I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah. Well, and that's a smart choice, too. You're not putting this on Disney Plus, and I don't think it ties into the MCU canon at all. It's just kind of a, it's a Marvel thing. Um, as I talk with my hand, I slapped the mic there. Um, <laughs> uh, but, I, but I bet it is going to be funny. Like you said, uh, along the veins of a Harley Quinn type show. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And then, uh, let's see, looking back real quick, it. Doesn't say when it debuts, though. Doesn't it's sometime it this year. I think they're very vague. It's like fall of this year or something like that. It's it's vague. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, as we learn more, we'll let you guys know more. Absolutely. Let's move on to our next story. Um, you know, sticking in the realm of Disney-owned properties. Well, you know, Modoc obviously is going to Hulu. Well, one we're looking forward coming to Disney Plus on the Star Wars side of thing. 
is the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. So the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars show's full cast has been revealed along with the show's production start date. The series stars Ewan McGregor as the Jedi Master. He played in the Star Wars prequel trilogy, continuing the story of Old Ben into the Galactic Empire era, taking place 10 years after Obi-Wan's dramatic duel with his former Padawan Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith. Hayden Christensen Christensen also returns in the series, not as Anakin Skywalker, but as Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith, who Anakin became after his fall to the dark side of the Force. The series begins filming in April. The series also stars Moses Ingram, Joel Edgerton, Bonnie P.S., Kumail Nanjiani, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Sung Kang, Simone Kessel, and Benny Softy. Deborah Chow, who directed two episodes of The Mandalorian, directs this special event series. And, uh, you know, definitely looking forward to the return. And again, it goes back to my question. You know, you and I have had this discussion, Tone, that, uh, you know, Hayden Christensen inside the Darth Vader outfit doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You could have anybody in there. He was sort of the whiny version of Darth Vader, even when as soon as he became Darth Vader, no. Yeah. Sounds like this. He's not even going to be coming back in, you know, as Anakin and flashbacks. But, uh, you know, who knows? Are you looking forward to this? Are you excited by the casting? Hell yeah. I'm I'm excited about this. Beyond belief. This is going to be a fantastic show. I think it's going to be done well. Um, Don't know where Hayden Christensen really fits into it. Um, If it was flashbacks and stuff, that's great. Like if you're going to see that and you're going to tell a little more of the stories of flashbacks, that's great. I don't know, but you know what? I'm not going to knock anything. Those are little, little gripes, man. It's fantastic that we're getting this. It's great that we're getting a continuation of Obi-Wan. You're getting you and McGregor back and we get to see what happened after all that. And, uh, kind of what led him to the hermit world of, uh, Tatooine. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing little nuggets. Yeah. Maybe he's, you see him checking in on Luke or Leia or, you know, however it goes. And I would expect that to be the case because we have Joel Edgerton and Bonnie P.S. coming back as Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, who at 10 years later, there'd be a little 10-year-old Luke running around. Yeah. So that's going to be sweet, man. I look forward to it. I am I think too. It's, and I'm hoping we get some Darth Maul, man. Because, I mean, you get a little bit of that tease in uh, was Solo. It, uh, Solo, right? Like you actually saw he was around and we know from the Clone Wars and things like that, he still exists, but <laughs> it'll be pretty badass to see uh, if we get that or if we get some Asaka Tono or Ahsoka Tano, I said her name wrong first, um, getting uh, Rosario Dawson for a cameo would be sweet too. Just some crossing as we built to her show too, you know? Exactly. Well, let's move on to our final story in TV news, and it is one of our trailers of the day. So let's go ahead and roll the trailer. We'll talk about it briefly before we head into the break. Here's the trailer for Loki. I know what this place is. The timekeepers have built quite the circus. And I see the clowns are playing their parts to perfection. Big metaphor guy. I love it. Makes you sound super smart. I am smart. I know. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
Please sign to verify this is everything you've ever said. This is absurd. <laughs> sign this too. We protect the proper flow of time. You picked up the Tesseract breaking reality. I want you to help us fix it. Why me? I need your unique Loki perspective. Do I get a weapon? Nah. Really believe in this Loki variant. Luckily, he believes in himself enough for the both of us. It is adorable that you think you could possibly manipulate me. I'm ten steps ahead of you. You're not big on trust, are you? You can trust me. Hope you have studied almost every moment of your entire life. You've literally stabbed people in the back like 50 times. <laughs> I'd never do it again. Oh, Thanks. Coming Joe Blow for popping up at the end there, huh? I know, right? The damn Joe Blow. Ruining it. But uh, Loki coming June 11th looks so good. This is the second official <laughs> trailer for it. Damn good. That trailer, man. And I and love is that Black the, Widow? Who knows? We'll see. But uh, I love the idea of Loki as a uh, anti-hero trying to right the wrongs. And, uh, you know, it has that perfect mix of Loki humor. The addition of uh, Owen Wilson is wonderful. And then just sort of the, the timekeeper's office makes you think of like a cubicle type office, which is a hilarious way to look at that. Oh, absolutely. Oof. It looks, it, that looks good. See, I think, you know, that's what people were expecting after like a Wanda was something like that. But hey, it's Marvel. I'm excited. It's MCU canon. All good, man. Two months away. So folks, we are headed right into our break. When we come back, we're talking TV news. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. Now, we just finished talking up TV news. Now it's time to get into the movie news. And as we do each and every show, let's run down this last weekend's box office report. Well, Big Monsters translated to the big screen at the box office this weekend as the epic altercation Godzilla vs. Kong opened in first place with an estimated $32.2 million, bringing its five-day domestic total to 48.5. So great to see big money coming back to the movie theaters. You know, these are numbers that, uh, yeah, we were seeing before the whole coronavirus lockdown. And imagine how much bigger it would have been if everything was open to full capacity. So it is oh, nice yeah. that all of that is coming back. Uh, Tony, I know you haven't seen Godzilla versus Kong yet. You're waiting to uh, watch Skull Island and King of Monsters, but the theater is the place to see it. Just big action. That's, that's where I'll watch it for sure. I was going to see it yesterday, but, uh, after talking with you and not seeing King of Monsters and Skull Island, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll watch those first. Because I did watch the first Godzilla with Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Johnson. So 
Yeah, oh, and that only plays I did watch a, that one. It plays a small part into this movie, but uh, the other two movies are really what you need to see in order to understand a little bit more about what's happening in this one. Gotcha. So uh, in second place was uh, The Unholy. Brand new movie opened up with $3.2 million, so almost 10% of what Godzilla did. It has Negan in it. <laughs> has Negan. It's produced by Sam Raimi. It is a PG-13 horror movie that uh, you know, I, I may catch it if it's on one of the streaming services, yeah. but that's really about PG- it. PG-13, you know it ain't going to scare the crap out of you. It's exactly. going to be creepy and maybe give you a little bit of the heebie-jeebies, but nothing. That's going to be like, whoa. <laughs> like at the end right not that exactly. many movies do that there's horror is a tough genre it's a very tough genre to yeah. get it just right yeah in third place was the r-rated action movie nobody brought in 3.7 million dollars you know it's the john wick style thriller with a uh, better saul call better call saul actor bob odenkirk uh <laughs> looks good looks like a fun ride uh, that might be one worth going to the movies to see I think so. I put that as a matinee so-so for sure, as the old pop culture kaboom rating used to be. <laughs> in fourth place, uh, the Disney animated feature Ryan the Last Dragon brought another $2.05 million, bringing us worldwide to $4.2 million, and so much more, I'm sure, with the uh, premiere access. Yeah, I definitely want to see that one. It does look pretty good. Yeah. And then hanging in the top five is the Warner Brothers half cartoon comedy. Tom and Jerry brought in another one point four million, bringing its domestic total worldwide total, sorry, to ninety three point five million. And it's made back its money. No desire really to see it. Me either. But you got to give it props, man. I could I could dog that movie all day long, but kudos to get the ball rolling for the movie. So exactly much. I'm going to applaud him. (laughs) <laughs> Rounding out the top 10, you have The Girl Who Believes in Miracles with 526,000. The Courier, or Taken 7, with 452,000. No, I'm sorry, that's not Taken 7. That's the no. Benedict Batch movie. Yeah, that was The Commuter, right? Yeah. yeah. Chaos Walking with 380,000. The Crudes and New Age still hanging in there with another 210,000. And then The French Exit with 193,000. And that rounds out. <laughs> New York Top 10 for the box office this weekend. Glad to see it's back, though. Yeah, it's awesome. Let's roll into our movie news. And here we go. Are you the key master? F it up, fuzzball. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. We're going to see some serious shit. So we were talking in the box office report about Godzilla versus Kong, and we found out uh, late last week that uh, Adam Wingard, the director of that, is directing the Thundercats adaptation, which uh, I was reserving judgment until I saw Godzilla versus Kong to see how I felt about this right. Thundercats. I'm a little excited now. So Godzilla versus Kong director Adam Wingard has revealed a few interesting details about his recently announced Thundercats adaptation, saying that he wants audiences to feel like they're watching the beloved 80s cartoon. The filmmaker also revealed that he does not want the movie to be just for kids, hoping to bridge the generational gap with his take on the humanoid cat aliens. I don't want Thundercats to be only accessible to kids. I do want this to feel like when you watch it, you're watching the actual 80s cartoon series brought to life. It's going to be an adventure movie. Describing the project as 
an adventure movie is obviously pretty vague considering that the entirety of the original <laughs> animated series is one of the greatest adventures that viewers have ever endeavored to go on. No exaggeration. But the idea that Adam Wingard intends to take a lot of inspiration from the Cherish series is sure to please Thundercats fans. Uh, Tony, your thoughts? Are you excited about a Thundercats movie? As long as it doesn't look like Cats the movie, then yes. Oh, um, I, I read this morning that uh, they're looking at uh, trying to get Ryan Reynolds to be Lionel. So Really? If it's Ryan Reynolds, then hell yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Like, that's... I know he's Deadpool, but... You know, I can see him being Lionel looking at a picture of Lionel right now. I can see it. Yeah. I feel like yeah. as long as it's, you know, somebody who's a fan of the source material can do the movie and they don't make it look all cheesy and crappy, then yeah, it'll be good. Well, and that's exactly it. You know, is it going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows where they really Ugh. pandered kids and made it as true to the 80s cartoon? not in a good way or are they going to really include those of us who grew up with it and loved it yeah because the last tmnt uh even though i had bebop rocksteady and krang it had everything i wanted in a turtles movie except the turtles looked awful yeah. they just looked bad like, everything else dialogue. was fine about it the story wasn't great but the dialogue was pretty bad but it, you know it was it was a kiddie movie it wasn't meant yeah. for adult fans at yeah. least yeah not in the way we would have liked. Definitely want people that love the source material behind it and no Michael Bay. Please, God, no, no Michael Bay. Wolf. Yeah, I don't think he'll be involved. All right. And then, folks, we mentioned that Loki was the first of our trailers of the week. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go ahead and get into our second trailer of the week. I mean, so much big news. James Gunn recently dropped the first trailer for The Suicide Squad, the Red Band trailer. Let's go ahead and enjoy that right now. Also, red band means if you're a younger audience, just know there could be some bad language in this trailer. Just just to warn you. Exactly. And I just got to make sure that I am sharing the correct screen in order to do that. So here we yeah. go. Try this again. You gotta be kidding me. You're gonna risk the entire mission for a mental defective dress as a court jester. This is coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of our own behind. Hopefully Harley's still alive. No funny business, Colonel. These are dangerous people. Team two is clear to go. Fire on. Three, two. What are you guys doing? What? You, we're, we're here to save you. You were gonna save me? It was a really good plan, too. Well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. That's patronizing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Harley Quinn. Blood sport. James got music. You know the deal. Successfully. Birthday boy Rooker. Ten years off your sentence. <laughs> you fail to follow my orders in any way, and I detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull. Do the job. So this is the famous Suicide Squad. <laughs> Any questions? And yes, that is your hand. Very good. We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Here's the deal: we fail the mission, you die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. If we find out you have personalized license plates, 
You die. What? No. If you cough without covering your mouth. Harley, although that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth. What's the plan? How the hell am I supposed to know? You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, <laughs> if somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? <laughs> this is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. To get you out of your life. I'm going to get you out of here alone. Oh my god, we've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit! Starro. Huh? I don't wanna do I love the rain. Like angels are smooching all over us. <laughs> That looks so good. Uh, it, it, the James Gunn humor in it, uh, I, the fact that it is a hard R rating. Um, uh, Sylvester and a Stone, DC movie uh, that looks good. I'm excited for this. Did you notice uh, towards the end of the uh, trailer there that King Shark had a bunch of human bites all over him? No, I didn't, I didn't catch that part. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> funny now that I know it's Sylvester Stallone as the voice. That's I definitely hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well uh, worth checking out. Uh, it's so much fun. But uh, in any case, folks, that does it for that our- is a huge thumbs up. That looks great, man. It looks good. That does it for our movie news. When we come back, we're going to be talking video games. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. Boy, we have reached the final segment of the show. Ever since we started doing the condensed version, it goes by so fast. Uh, you know, there's articles that we didn't have time to get to, but we do post those on our Facebook page. So head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast to get all of your geeky, nerdy news as it comes available, because that's where we post it. Oh, Just yeah. when- just watched the trailer for the Suicide Squad. Looks so good. But uh, we're going to move on. Not quite yet with video game news because we did want to talk real quick about San Diego Comic-Con 2021. Now, we know it's set to return as an in-person event this Thanksgiving on the weekend, despite a previous announcement that Comic-Con International San Diego was canceling its 2021 convention in light of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, the company revealed its revised plans to hold an in-person show from November 26th through the 28th of 2021. Comic-Con International is hoping that by fall, conditions will permit larger public gatherings. This upcoming event, which will be known as Comic-Con Special Edition, will be the first in-person convention produced by the organization since Comic-Con 2019 and the first since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, I'm so happy to see that it's coming back in person. It's choice of weekend, eh, maybe a little suspect, especially with some of the response of, uh, you know, the celebrities uh, heading out to attend and those fans who want to attend as well, considering it's over the Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, that's going to be tough uh, for a lot of people to do. But nonetheless, I'm happy that we're getting back. There's some normalcy 
that's not a word, but we're going back to some normal things here, you know, and that's yeah. good. It, it'll be back to, I think, to its normal July slot by uh, 2022. Uh, but hey, so. man, this is this is a lot better than last year's. And and are they canceling that that uh, Comic-Con at home in July? From what I can tell go? They're still doing the virtual events, so Ugh. hopefully they learned from their mistakes from last year. Took a you couple notes from, from the DC fandom. Yeah, and, steal from DC fandom, man. They did it right because last year's was god awful. Yeah, yeah. God, so man, it was bad. Yeah, I'm gonna sit back. I'll probably watch a little bit of that, but then uh, you know, hopefully 2022 July, if all uh, works out well, maybe you and I will be attending it, Tone. Which would I be hope nice. so, man. It's been a it's been a long time. Twenty fourteen is the last one you and I went to. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. But uh, you know what? We're getting back to a little bit of normalcy. And uh, speaking of normalcy, let's go ahead and head into that video game news. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? So we were just talking about San Diego Comic-Con, which is probably one of the biggest pop culture events out there. Well, runner-up, I would say, in a close second is E3. Well, following a report which said that the Entertainment Software Association has been considering locking elements of this year's online E3 event behind a paywall, the organization has declared that the show will be free a free event for all attendees, which is great news. The ESA announced in February that this year's E3 will be entirely digital because of the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The online event will feature multiple keynote sessions, an award show, a preview night, and separate streams from individual publishers, influencers, and others, with media previews and streamable demos available during the week leading up to it. Similar to the pre-show press events held by major publishers during conventional E3 shows. A report published Published by VGC said that uh, multiple sources told it that the ESA was looking at charging for access to some parts of the event. The site said that a major games company it spoke to was critical of the idea and that a firm decision had not yet been made. Then, very shortly after the report went live, the ESA tweeted that the online show will be free for everyone, which is a good thing. You know, obviously, people can't attend in person. Why make people pay? to witness something that uh, it should be available online for free. It's not like it's costing them that much extra. And uh, in fact, they're probably saving money by doing it digitally. I think so. I mean, to, to advertise your games to come out, this is the big reveal. Like where the, this is every year where the studios come out, swing and let you know all their upcoming projects, even though sometimes the heaviest games are years out, but at least it's announced, you know, it's coming. Um, this morning, they announced uh, at 7.52 a.m. that Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Warner Brothers, and Coach Media are all confirmed for the event, while Sony um, is uh, has not signed on yet. Neither has Square Enix, Sega, Bandai, Namco, 505, and Activision Blizzard. I would imagine you're going to see those guys sign on as well. But, man, Capcom's in, please. Please, 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 Marvel versus Capcom 4. Um, yes. And remaster Marvel versus Capcom 2 for the Switch would be effing phenomenal. Mm. I, I would buy those over and over. Like, I want, I want to replay those games. I want to replay Marvel versus Capcom 2 the way it was on the Dreamcast, where you had to unlock all the characters. 
Yep. While that was a bitch, but man, the playthrough was so fun. It was so, so much fun. fun. And I think we're going to see some really big announcements. I'm obviously last year, the big thing was, you know, getting the next gen consoles out and, you know, some of the launch titles, which, you know, that's their big focus. Now the focus is on games and quality and, and moving, you know, those goalposts forward. And uh, yeah, just like you, I, I'm hoping and praying for a Marvel versus Capcom four because uh, we need one. We do. And you can even do it in the vein. I mean, you look at something like the announcement uh, from Teenage Mutant, Ninja Turtles, uh, Shredder's Revenge, just the nostalgia feel. Yeah, it's new, but it has that nostalgia feel. I kind of feel Marvel versus Capcom could go back to that. Um, with Nintendo, I'm anticipating we're going to get a Legend of Zelda 35th anniversary announcement. I'm hoping for a Metroid announcement. Uh, good stuff there. I don't think you'll get too much more Mario stuff. I'd like a Mario Galaxy 2. Yeah. On a download, I'd like to see some new stuff come to Nintendo Online. I'd like to, uh, where's the Nintendo 64? Where's, uh, maybe they do away with all these free Nintendo games and maybe they do an eShop where you can buy the Nintendo games. I don't know. I don't know where their best revenue is going to be, preferably. I like what they do, but their updates are kind of few and far between. And they're kind of scraping. I'd like some partnerships with like Konami. Give us uh, Turtles in Time on the Switch. Top Gun, Streets of yes. uh, um, Blades of Steel, you know. Oh, yeah. A good game. You know, one quiet under the radar game they released on the Switch, uh, Sunset Riders. It's seven Seriously. bucks. Seven bucks. Fun old ar- arcade game, dude. Under the radar release on the Nintendo Switch. Seven dollars. I suggest ah, picking it up. Yeah, it was a great arcade game, man. It was fun. Yeah. Well, let's keep moving on. Tony, do you still own a PS3, a PSP, or a PlayStation Vita? Negative, negative, and negative. Probably a good thing, because Sony has confirmed that it will be shutting down the PlayStation Store for PlayStation 3 and PSP on July 2nd of this year, and the PSN Store for the Vita on... August 27th. This is according to an email sent out to PlayStation customers, including IGN staffers. According to PlayStation support blog, customers will still be able to re-download and play previously purchased games and video and still redeem games at the PlayStation Plus uh, with PlayStation Plus vouchers. So uh, buy them while you can because they won't be there much longer. Yeah. I don't know anyone that has a PS3. I mean, we're on PS5 now. I have a PS4. Um, I did have a PSP at one point, and I did have a PS3 at one point. Never a PS Vita, though. Yeah, probably more with the handhelds, but uh, just know that your time is running out. And speaking of time running out, let's hit our last story here real quick. Microsoft has confirmed that MLB The Show 21 will be arriving on Xbox Game Pass on its launch day of April 20th, 2021 for both Xbox Series X, S, and Xbox One. Oh, my God! I know you're an LB The Show fan. I know you were thinking about pre-ordering it, but now you don't have to. No, now I'm not going to go buy it. I was going to, but now that it's on the uh, Game Pass, I mean, right there is, it's worth it right there. It's worth it. Um, You buy the game, you basically pay for like a year's worth of Game Pass. And what a smart move by Microsoft, man. Uh, It's kind of like beating Sony at its own game because it's a Sony game debuting it's going to be on the playstation or i mean excuse me the xbox uh for the first time and it's that's huge man they do the mlb game so good um reminds me of back when ea used to do them 
but better. Uh, the, the graphics, the detail, uh, the fact you can go to the minor leagues and you can, there's just so much to this. It's a phenomenal baseball game. I highly, highly recommend it. A lot of fun. And when it comes out, Tone, we'll have to get your review of it. But, oh, uh, I cannot wait, man. Cannot wait. Folks, that does it for another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. Join us next week for so another fast. brand new episode. It, go by, it goes by so fast. But uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Proton Pack Podcast. Also on Instagram and Twitter as well. Until next week, everybody. We'll see you then. See ya. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Woo! Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.